Welcome to the WXYNZ Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Whitley Rainwater, and with me are your co-hosts, Zan Mangum and Zane Smith. All right, we are kicking off the podcast. It is a beautiful day to talk ball. I have Commissioner Whalen with me. Preston, what's going on? Man, not a lot. Thanks for having me. For sure, man. I've got a, I'm out of coffee right now. So we have an espresso machine that we bought a couple years ago. We've never really used it. And um, I had to <clears throat> pivot to the espresso machine. And this stuff is like rocket fuel right now. So my forehead's itching. I'm kind of jumping out of my chair, but I'm I'm ready to talk some football, man. Oh, man. Well, hopefully you're not so jittery that you can't hold a pen or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can't trust a fart when you when you consume uh, a lot of espresso. I know that it will run straight through you, man. But we've got some pops and flops today, and we're gonna just kind of go through every NFL matchup and talk about anything we're gonna be paying attention to or curious about, as far as some fantasy football noteworthy stuff in those games. Um, I'm gonna start us off with some pops. I'm I'm kind of excited about some of these that I think will exceed expectations over what everybody um, has as far as their their weekly rankings. And I'm going to start with the dude that's been drugged through the mud, and for good reason, but Alexander Madison. So I'm going to go against the grain and say he's a pop this week. Um, he's RB, you know, 14 to 20, depending on what rankings you look at. And he's playing against the Chargers. But um, everyone knows Cam Akers was traded to the Vikings. Um, he's not going to be playing. So Madison still has one more week of this backfield. And thus far, he's had 73% of snaps. That hasn't given him a lot of volume. He's only averaging on less than 13 touches. But the Chargers defense is susceptible to the run. And I just expect Madison to have, you know, one last chance here to, uh, to ball out. I'm not saying he's going to lock down that job from Akers. I think it will be a timeshare moving forward. But I think in week three, Madison will finally give fantasy owners what they're looking for. And then from uh, from week four on with Akers in the mix, who knows? But that's uh, that's one of my pops. What do you got for us, Preston? I'm going to keep it right there um, with the Minnesota-LA game. Uh, give me Kirk Cousins uh, this week. Kirk looks sharp um, the last, uh, last week. Um, I, he likens uh, – this team reminds me a lot of the uh, – uh, the old Tony Romo teams, um, no defense, no running game, you know, just sling it around. Um, it, it showed up. So give me Kirk this week. Um, I think he's, I think he's a talented guy. Um, I'm not totally out on the Madison, um, bounce back game. I do think that that's a possibility as well. Um, I still don't like Madison long-term, um, but you know, Minnesota has proven that they are committed to passing the ball. Give me Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Kirk O'Chains. I love that, man. Another pop I've got is Jerry Judy. And um, week two, he didn't, you know, return to the field and start dominating immediately. But, you know, he's had that hamstring, as we all know, um, throughout camp and preseason. And he did at least get back on the field. And um, he already had like a 33% first read um, target share. And so I think that's foreshadowing of some good target volume and fantasy production to come for Judy once he knocks off the rust and gets back to full speed. So he's a relatively young player. I just think here in week three against the Dolphins, who are going to be posting um, tons of points and pretty much boat racing the Broncos, I think they'll have to throw it. Judy will be playing out of the slot, and I think he's um, going to get right in week three. Yeah, I think that's a good call. Um I think think that game, Commanders and Bills, um, has a propensity to be high scoring. Um, but let's go over to uh, to Jacksonville and Houston. Give me Travis Etienne here. Um, you know, Houston's got some quarterback issues. I expect you know that kind of to be a low scoring game. I do like this Jacksonville offense. I think they could pretty much do whatever they want um, against the Texans this week, which means uh, you know shortening the game, handing the ball off. Give me Travis Etienne um, against that Houston defense. Dude, I like that. I had ETN as mine as well. Um, cause he's averaging 18 and a half touches and it hasn't 
given him much on the year. He's only RB19 in fantasy, but with that kind of volume and he's getting he's getting that passing work that we always wanted him to get last year, I think ETN is a, a big high-end, buy-low running back in fantasy football. I think he should finish as an RB1 if he stays healthy. And then that kind of leads me to one of my flops, and I, I hate this because I have Trevor Lawrence in two leagues. Some people are, are high on him this week because he's playing against the Texans, but I think um, Lawrence is kind of a boomer bust quarterback this week because if he can't get a couple early touchdowns in the first half, I think in the second half they're just going to be pounding um, Houston with a sizable lead, you know, running ETN um, down their throat in the second half. And and I think Trevor Lawrence, like I said, is boomer bust. He's got to get a couple, <clears throat> a couple touchdowns through the air and get um get out to an early lead and some fantasy points for his managers in that first half. So I'm a little worried about T-Law. He's a flop for me. Yeah. So my flop, um, well, I've got a couple of them, but give me a, give me Brees Hall to flop this week um, against New England. You know, that defense is, is good. Everyone knows it's good. I still think it's a little underrated. Um, Belichick, you know, has the defensive mind. Um, Give me Brees Hall for a number of reasons on the Jets side. You know, yeah. you, can you really, in good conscience, um, risk injury to the best player on your team when you don't have that quarterback situation figured out? Um, Zach Wilson, you know, showed his true colors last week. Now, granted, that Cowboys defense is it might be the best one in the NFL, but Zach Wilson went out there and did Zach Wilson things. I think, um, you know, not having the quarterback. Um, to distribute the ball um, allows everyone to pile up on the run game, um, you know, and I coupled with the, the business decisions that the, uh, the coaching staff has to make with Brees Hall. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Dalvin cook um, get, gets his carries up in this game. Um, give me Brees Hall to flop. Yeah. I like that. I mean, I know he was clearly frustrated and he tweeted the four football emojis, you know, representing the only four carries that he got against the Cowboys yeah. in week two. Um, but yeah, yeah, like you said, he's a competitor wants to get out there and they're just trying to protect their asset and not push him out there too soon. So I don't know if he's going to get a squeaky wheel game. I, I agree with you. I think they're just going to have to just be smart here and be patient and know they have a lot of other things to focus on fixing around before they can get an offense. that's going to really work. Um, Elijah Vera Tucker is really their only lineman. That's, that's even average or beyond be above average. And the rest of their guys are just on the struggle bus when it comes to their metrics and their performance, man. It, yeah. it's bad. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it looks kind of like Rogers was going to inevitably get hurt anyways, whether it be like a, smash collarbone or something because he was going to get torched back there as bad as their offensive line has been so yeah you've got a you've got a turnstile for an offensive line I think you know the the only team that could have put on a poor a more poor offensive line display where we got to take it back to college to the to the Razorbacks last week the Razorbacks baby against the BYU Cougars <laughs> yeah the um I have one more pop and that's Nico Collins and um Man, I still kick myself for letting Jay pick him up on the waiver wire because like, Jay, like Jay's team needed another good player, you know? He's got like 16 good players. He's stacked top to bottom. But, he really uh, does. Yeah, he really does. But Nico's had a 22% target share, 29% first read. So CJ Stroud looks for him first and 40% air yard share. And again, like we said, this – this Houston Texans Jacksonville Jaguars game, um, the Texans are going to get into a negative game script. We expect pretty soon, so Stroud's going to be forced to keep on airing it out yet again. So Nico should be the beneficiary of that. And then um, starting with my flops, uh, this one pains me a little bit too. I hate to talk about the flops, honestly. I want everybody to do good, but um, and see the good in in all. But Jerome Ford. Um, I picked him up on the waiver wire in a couple leagues. I know people have spent up major fab to get Jerome Ford, but man, this Titans defense is just a tough run defense. So they have the third highest stuff rate in the league, the second lowest rate of allowing runs um, five plus yards. So Jerome Ford just has his work cut out for him in this game. I think it's just going to be a slow 
boring game like we just watched the Browns versus Steelers. I think the Browns versus the Titans is going to be the same deal where I just probably won't even won't even be watching or invested in this game. And I think Jerome Ford, unless he breaks off a long run or something or gets a touchdown, you're probably not going to be excited about Ford in your lineup this week. Yep, I'm one of those that um, – so you you smartly scooped Ford up before that Monday night game. Um, so uh, ma- major props to you on that. I'm one of those that spin up um, to get Kareem Hunt. Um, I like Hunt long-term. I don't – I not under any misconception that somehow Kareem Hunt is going to give me Nick Chubb production. That's just not going to happen. I think it truly will be who has the hot hand moving forward. Um, I don't think that the Browns and that offense have quite figured some things out yet. So I think it's it presents a real opportunity to to Ford or Hunt um, to play well and earn playing time moving forward. I just um, I'm on that Hunt train. I felt like it was the uh, the right move to go, um, especially because I had David Montgomery, which looks to be like a multi week injury. Yeah, I think grabbing Hunt was super smart, and he he knows the offense. The Browns know him. He was he was waiting around for probably some sort of injury, and then for Kareem Hunt's case, I mean, I hate the Nick Chubb injury. I hate it. It makes me sick to my stomach, but that did work out good for him just because he's going back to that offense with you know that he's familiar with, and he can step right in there and and help them out. Hopefully, um, yeah, I agree, know. and and I do think so. <laughs> I do think that the upside to Deshaun Watson is still there. If you if you do have him on your team, or anyone out there listening, I think, um, you know, I, he's definitely shown some rust um, mm-hmm. towards the last last half of last year. Um, but I do think that, you know, I do think his upside is there, um, and so I think ultimately Cleveland will be okay. Um, They've got, you know, an opportunity in that in that division this year. Um, but uh, I do think that um, if you're if you're a Ford or a Hunt owner, um, I do think that that because quarterback play will improve, I think either one of those guys will be a value add um, to your roster. Yeah, I agree. And on the Ford pickup, I mean, ultimately, I felt a little dirty picking him up after what happened to Chubb and watching that unfold Monday night. But that really, the only reason I did was because Deontay Johnson in one of my leagues went to the IR. So I just got a notification Monday afternoon as I was finishing up work that Deontay's on the IR. And so, you know, we all, yeah, you always got to use your IR spots, you know. So I thought, okay, I'm going to put him on IR. I can, that frees up a bench spot. Well, all the Sunday games have played. So I was just looking at players yet to play on those two Monday night games. Yeah. And I, I could have picked up like a middling receiver or something like that. But I was like, ah, I might as well just pick up like an insurance policy on one of these backfields. And I saw that Ford had 15 carries in game one. So he wasn't just like a pure handcuff anyways. Um, but I was like, you know, I'll just ride with Ford through Monday night and then drop him. Um, but just to see what happens and then go pick up one of these Sunday player games or one of these players in the Sunday game that was locked on waivers. And so, you know, any little move you can make to kind of give yourself a chance or a probability of something happening, you got to do in fantasy football. So on, on the sleeper app, you can also, if someone's played in a Sunday game and um, you, you plan to drop them, you know, say they get hurt in that game or say they just, you know, the usage wasn't there and you're disappointed with them and you know, you're dropping them on waivers. You might as well just drop them right after they play. And then you can pick somebody up on a Sunday night game or a Monday game as far as just a speculative ad, and then you can still go right back to the waiver well if whoever you picked up, you know, isn't like your long-term stash that you want and just kind of play those odds. So, you know, there's all kinds of ways to get an edge in fantasy football, but I think that's one of them is just speculatively picking up somebody who's about to play and just see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. That's just maximization of uh, of your roster. I mean, you know, that's why those IR spots are there. Um, and yes, definitely um, use everything you have to get a get an advantage because the football gods will smite you. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, so. you kind of know about that, Preston, because you've um, you've won back to back fantasy championships in our league. This and, is actually uh, a podcast with the only repeat winners. Um, you know, only repeat winners this morning on on the pod. True, true. You yourself have gone back to back. Yeah, and 
if you feel like you kind of used up all your luck for the next few decades is what it feels like to me, you know, <laughs> like you win it yes. once. I'm like, wow, that was really lucky. You win it again, like, you know, back to back and you think, okay, I'm, I'm done for probably until I'm about 40 or 50, you know? Yeah. If it wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all this year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have had some unfortunate stuff, man. And we're, we're going to get into that in some of your players as we preview <laughs> these matchups. You've had some very unfortunate luck. And, um, Okay, one more guy that I think might have some unfortunate luck this this week and my last flop who's been off to a hot a really hot start is Mike Evans. Um he's had the target uh, share took, that, my, took my boy. Yeah. He's had the target share, the air yards, the touchdowns. He's wide receiver 5 on the year, but he's playing against the Eagles and um Baker and the boys are going to be up against probably their their biggest test yet and he's got Darius Slay and Bradbury who will probably be switching on and off him and Godwin. So I think Evans could be a little more touchdown dependent boomer bust wide receiver option in week three. So um, I know he's killed it these first two weeks. I hope he continues to kill it um, because he's been such a great receiver historically, but I could see these next few weeks kind of showing that Mike Evans is a little more boomer bust than, than we want him to be. Yeah, that's a uh, that's an interesting matchup to preview there. That Philadelphia Tampa Bay game. Um, you know, give me Tampa Bay in the upset. Um, the Eagles are, of course, um, I would say an elite team. Um, are they the best in the league? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Pause. Uh, they've looked really pedestrian, especially almost collapsing against the Patriots. Um, I think no one respects this this Tampa Bay team. Bay- Baker Mayfield has actually been playing really well. Uh, Mike Evans, as you prelude preluded to, they he continues to keep uh, keep catching balls. Um, yep. Give me give me Tampa Bay in this upset down here. Um, a part of me is, is really willing this to happen based on my my Cowboys rooting interests, um, <laughs> but I do think that this will be a fun game to watch. Yeah, I think everyone's okay with the Eagles losing. Jay's the only guy that's an Eagles fan that would be a listener, you know, to this podcast. So everyone else is fine with it, and I'm definitely fine with it. I think the Eagles have looked a little spotty. Um, And, you know, Baker Mayfield, I don't think anyone's starting him in fantasy football, but we we just hope that he'll keep feeding Mike Evans and Godwin, that he'll make Rashad White, you know, usable fantasy running back. And then on the Eagles side of the ball, you know, Hertz hasn't been that good other than his touchdown runs where they just punch it in from a few yards out. Um, there's A.J. Brown's been off to a slow start where Devontae Smith has been the one getting getting all the production. And then we have the DeAndre Swift and Gainwell and Boston Scott and that, that backfield. DeAndre Swift had the explosion last week, but Boston Scott was out. Kenneth Gainwell was out. So I think that backfield won't be just – you know, Swift getting the lion's share of the work moving forward, but we will see. Yeah, sorry to cut you off. I think that that backfield um, is notoriously hard to figure out. Um, I think I mentioned there's there's a couple of those backfields that I would lump together, you know, like the Bills, Eagles, Ravens, um, you know, teams like that, um, they could have a guy pop off week to week, um, and then, but no consistency there. You, you never really know. It wouldn't surprise me if Damian Harris for the Bills, like, you know, had three touchdowns on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those, those teams are, are pretty tough and really committed to the uh, running back by committee. Yeah, they really are. They were sprinkling in Damian Harris, especially around the goal line. And um, our boy Latavius Murray. He was even in there getting some runs. So you never know. I agree with those some of those coaching staffs. But um, let's move on to the Atlanta Falcons-Detroit Lions game. This one, Detroit's favored by three. It's 46 and a half over under. And we talked a little bit about this before the pod. But, man, the Falcons are just a little scary. Um, unless you have B. John Robinson, you're kind of – kind of uh afraid to start any falcons players yeah and you know for what it's worth the lions are banged up too um i still like detroit in this game um i think i think jared goff will continue his resurgence um 
but yeah, you're you're exactly right. The only the only confident start um, I think is Bijan, and then considering all the injuries to the wide receiver position in Detroit, maybe if you got Sam Laporta, he might be a little bit of a sleep sleeper this week. Um, but yeah, lots of injuries in this one. Yeah, I know. I have Almond Ross St. Brown in a couple leagues, and they said you know he was dealing with cramps, but there were people showing video of him, um, you know, putting a plate in his in his um, shoe and taping it back up, and he's clearly dealing with turf toe, which is just going to be super annoying all season. So I'm hoping he doesn't reaggravate it if he plays. There's a strong possibility he does, but he might be kind of hobbled out there and more of a decoy. So yeah, I agree. I think Laporta. This is a week for him to really shine. Josh Reynolds might get some some play as well. And then I guess you start Drake London if you have to, but that's kind of boomer bust. We all know yeah. David Montgomery's out, so Jamar Gibbs yeah. should get more run, but it wouldn't surprise me if we see Craig Reynolds come in here and kind of play the David Montgomery. I um, was going to say that too. I, I think that the Lions are one of those teams that are – you know, they're not going to come out and say it, but they're committed to keeping Gibbs on like a pitch count, um, which is the smart move long term. You know, running back is a is a brutal position and you don't you don't want a guy to get get all banged up early, especially this early in his career. Um, so, uh, you know, everything saying that Gibbs is going to get a full workload, but I, I don't know, man, I think uh, he'll be spelled a little bit. Yeah, I think Gibbs, our best case scenario for him is kind of like an an Alvin Kamara rookie year where, you know, he probably only got 30 or 35% of the actual carries, but he was targeted in the passing game a lot. And so I just want to see Gibbs targets go up because he's such an explosive and efficient player. That's what he really needs is those catches and run after catch and things like that. He doesn't have to be a ground and pound back. And I don't think they drafted him to be that either. I agree. Yeah. And then we got the Buffalo Bills versus the Washington Manders <laughs> and uh, at Washington, but the Bills are six and a half point favorites. It's a 43 point over under and Josh Allen kind of got right in week two. And um, I, I don't think this one will be too close. Washington's just been kind of sketch. Um, Sam Howell, I had hopes of him kind of being a, a surprise, you know, quarterback, but he really hasn't looked that impressive. What do you what do you think about this game? Yeah, um he's basically a rookie. I know he I know he had um some experience last year. Um but he you know he's basically a rookie quarterback. Um and I agree with you Ed, I don't think this one will be too close. I, even though the Bills are on the road, um they're used to playing outdoors. Um it looks to be in beautiful Washington D.C., kind of a rainy situation tomorrow, uh, so that might be, lend itself a little bit more to uh, to the ground game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I, I I think the Bills pile the box and make Sam Howell beat him. Um, I don't think Washington gets out of this one with a win. I think the winning streak comes to an end. Um, give me the Bills to be two and one after this, and the Commanders to be two and one as well. Yeah, I agree. I'm a little curious about Brian Robinson, but like you said, they will stack the box against him. He has been the better back um, above Antonio Gibson, and that was kind of an ambiguous backfield where we were trying to project who might emerge there. It's clearly Brian Robinson as of now, and uh, Antonio Gibson fumbled right out the gates week one, and it's just been downhill for him. And Brian Robinson just tore it up last week. I don't expect those numbers this week, like you're saying against the Bills, but Brian Robinson does look like the back to own there. And then we have the New Orleans Saints versus the Packers. Um, what do you think about that game? I So long-term, I like Jordan Love. I think, you know, particularly being in a 10-man league, everyone kind of has their quarterbacks. Jordan Love might be available in our league, but – um, there's lots of guys like this, um, keeping it in this Saints Packers game. I like Derek Carr for the rest of the season too. Um, you know, he, if you, if your quarterback's on a bye, I wouldn't hesitate to plug and play either one of these, these guys. Um, I do think Jordan Love and that Green Bay offense will struggle this week against the Saints. Um, the Saints have a pretty stout defense, um, and the question mark around Aaron Jones, I don't think we know if he's going to play yet or not. Um, AJ Dillon was able to get some yardage, but no TDs last week. Um, ultimately I think the saints pull it out 
I think um, Jordan Love will be lucky to be, you know, pass over 200 yards um, in this one. Um, give me the Saints over the Packers in this one. Yeah, I like that. Um, Jordan Love has been off to a good start, but it's really really been due to touchdowns. Uh, he's had six touchdowns, even though he's 28th in passing attempts on the year. So LaFleur's really been dialing up some good schemes and protecting Love, and I think that will benefit him, but his ceiling's probably a little bit capped. I'm curious if he does get Aaron Jones back from the hamstring and Christian Watson back from the hamstring, if this offense can take another step up and get a little bit more high octane. But right now it feels like the coaching staff's just trying to protect love and they're running at a pretty slow pace and, and trying to do some pre pre snap, you know, motion and, and um, ways to scheme some guys open and make it easy on love. But, on the Saints side of the ball, you know, everyone's hurt as far as the running backs go. Kamara's got one more week before he's done with his suspension. Michael Thomas has been, you know, he's kind of working basically as a tight end and just getting some low A dot targets. Chris Olave's busting out as elite receiver. And the Rashid Shahid, man, I mean, he's caught some big passes. He's not in there a ton, but he might be somebody, especially if Michael Thomas were to get hurt, Rashid Shahid might be a really nice pick up for later on in the year yep i agree i think um i think alave is going to con- continue to trend up um you're obviously starting starting him week in week out if, if you uh if you have him on your team i think you know everyone kind of hates on Derek carr um but you know this is fantasy football i'm not looking for the saints to win the super bowl i think he's a solid play week in week out Exactly. And then um, that's a one point spread in that game, that that Packers Saints game. So it should be pretty close. Um, The next game is Denver Broncos versus Miami Dolphins. We've touched on this one a little bit. It's 48 point over under Dolphins are um, a touchdown, a touchdown favorites. And I don't expect this one to be particularly close, man. Um, I I was hoping that, um, that Peyton would just at least get the Broncos offense going. But, man, their defense doesn't look particularly great. Their offense definitely doesn't. Russ looks like he could be benched before the year's out. I know the end of week two was exciting for them. But, um, dude, I, I don't know. I, I just think it's uh, the Dolphins are have everything going their way and the Broncos are the complete opposite. Yeah, give me a piece of that Dolphins offense at any and all costs. I think, you know, Personally, I've got Jalen Waddle on my squad. Hate to see him out in that concussion protocol. He may not play this weekend, but yeah, I think that that Dolphins offense is fine tuned. I think it's it's a Ferrari cruising down the racetrack, um, and the Broncos just look like it. It looks really looks like this is this is kind of the the twilight of Russ's career out there. Um, I like the Bron or the Dolphins in this one. Yep, we really need Waddle. I know he didn't practice Friday, but man, we need him to get out there and and be healthy. And um, I think he can really benefit, especially just from how good Tyree Kill's been and how much attention he's going to draw in coverage. Um, And then our boy Raheem Mostert, man, he usually never stays healthy, but he has been to this point. He's gotten quite a bit of run, so he's been a nice surprise for fantasy owners. And then on the Broncos side of the ball, we touched on Judy. Marvin Mims is, um, he only ran six routes last week, but had 113 yards. I do kind of expect his snaps and routes to, to keep on inching up throughout the season. And Cortland Sutton just has been another guy out there just to, just to jag another guy. So disappointing on him. P Ryan's, you know, been in there enough on the running back side of it to annoy Javante Williams owners. But I think Javante will keep, chipping away at that backfield, especially he's as he gets more healthy and removed from that, that horrible knee injury from last year. So moving on to like the Titans and the Browns, like we said this one's going to be probably a boring plotter here. Um, and I, I don't know, I'm not going to be watching this game. Do you have any takeaways on this one? No, I, I don't. I'm definitely <laughs> not going to be watching this game. <laughs> this is as boring and uninteresting as it gets. Um, so, uh, we've already touched on the Chubb injury. Um, I think, you know, you might watch it if, if you've got Derrick Henry on your team, keeping an eye mm-hmm. on him. But, you know, that's, that's really about it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Because we got Ryan Tannehill versus Bill Cosby out there. So, yeah. 
it's uh it's not gonna be too fantasy friendly i i, I do i'm i'm encouraged by what i've seen from amari cooper i know he's dealt with injury a little bit but um he seems like he is beating man at a high rate and you know looks good so if he can if he can get fully healthy and the Browns open up the offense a little bit, which I'm curious, the only thing I'm curious about this game is what will the Browns offense be schemed and, and kind of look like? What are they going to aim for now without having Nick Chubb, which was the cog of their offense? So yeah, I'll be kind of curious how that plays out. I'm, I'm not starting Kareem Hunt this week. And yeah, I think you need to give him a week or two um, to kind of figure out and slot back in this role. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hitting fast forward on this one. Um, but something to keep an eye on if if something does go crazy and if Deshaun rushes for three touchdowns and he'll have he'll be, you know, expensive on the on the waiver wire this week. Very true, very true. And then we have the Chargers versus the Minnesota Vikings, fifty-four point over under. Chargers are one point favorite. Your boy Kirk O'Chains that you mentioned as a pop. Will be you like that Chargers. I do, I do, and I think this is a fantasy friendly matchup right here. Herbert and Cousins should both pass a ton. Neither of their defenses are any good. Um, Austin Eckler's out. Josh Kelly kind of disappointed everyone week two, but he might have a bounce back. Um, Madison was my pop for the week. So, and then we have Keenan Allen. Mike Williams should eat. We know Jordan Addison, T.J. Hawkinson, and. Jay Jetta will have big days as well. So that will be a fun matchup. There's really not much fantasy, you know, reason to dive into that. You know who you're starting in that one. I would say Addison yeah. might be the only one who people are um, debating on putting in their lineup over some other guys. And he's a rookie that's off to a fast start, though, and he keeps on busting out a big play every week. So maybe he does it again here. Yeah, give me anyone on that Chargers defense, you know. Um the Chargers offensive coordinator Kellen Moore he loves to loves to run up the score on bad defenses. We saw that in Dallas last year. Yeah, um, you know I think this one's going to be a boat race. Um, I've already I've already articulated my my point on Kurt. I think you know if you got certainly Jefferson, um, he's going to have a big day. Um, this one might be entertaining. You got two desperate teams maybe a little willing to open the playbook up a little bit more to get a win here um, in week three, because you do not want to start 0-3. Man, this is this is factual. The um, Then we have the Patriots versus the Jets. So this is another one I probably will not be watching. 36-point over-under. Um, Patriots are favored, even though it's at New York. And, yeah, we have Mac Jones versus Zach Wilson. You know, what? what more can we say here? And so, I mean, as far as fantasy, fantasy-wise, we have Ramondre Stevenson. People are firing him up. Zeke is droppable at this point, um, or maybe just handcuff insurance. We already touched on uh, Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook as you uh, kind of laid out your case for Hall to be a flop. And then wide receivers on the Patriots, I don't know why anybody would dabble with Kendrick Bourne, Juju, Devontae Parker, um, Garrett Wilson on the other side of the ball for the Jets. That's just been a, a kick in the gonads, man, with Aaron Rodgers going down. Uh, what do you think as far as Garrett Wilson? I haven't got your thoughts as far as just season-long, rest of season. What do you think, Garrett Wilson? I don't think there's any doubt um, about this guy's ability. Um, I think he's a he's an excellent young wide receiver, um, but he just, he just can't throw it to himself. Um, I think, you know, he's so dependent on that quarterback position. Um, ultimately, if Zach – if they stick the season – out with Zach Wilson, um, I think he's certainly trending down. I think you know if they if they make a move at quarterback, um, reevaluate him. But you know, again, I, I just think the anvil around his neck is going to be that quarterback play. Yeah, I agree. Now I picked up Hunter Henry on the waiver, so I'm I'm a little bit interested in him and what you have to say. But um, I know he's been the tight end, too, in fantasy, and that's mostly because he's caught a touchdown in each game. He hasn't had a major target share. It's about 14%. Um, but what do you think, Hunter Henry? Is he like a tight end people can feel confident starting week in, week out? Or do you think he's just had kind of a lucky first few games? 
I think he's, I, I think, you know, you can start him week in, week out. I think the tight end position has been really strange this year with all the injuries and stuff to Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews. You haven't really seen a breakout performance. Um, I think, you know, Hunter Henry relative to his career at this point is putting up the numbers you would expect. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, you can't count on him for a touchdown week in, week out. Um, you know, I I might play um, some matchups a little bit if you've got like, if you've got a Dallas Goddard who laid a goose egg and then you're picking up, you know, Hunter Henry off the waivers to like fill in, you know, for a little while. I would, whoever has the most favorable matchup um, between those two is, is who I might be playing. You cannot start Hunter Henry if you if you have Mark Andrews or Travis oh, Kelsey, yeah. you know, like not. You're, you're not even thinking about that. Yep. Um, but I do think that, you know, as far as options out, out there to plug and play, I think Hunter Henry's is a, is a good one. Yeah. I mean, I hate, I'm already in a frustrating spot because, you know, our league in particular, we only have five bench spots and I drafted David and Joku. Um, I really wanted Darren Waller and uh, A-Rob, you know, picked him up and I know he's been off to a slow start because the Giants have been so horrible, but I would still feel much better if I had somebody like Darren Waller that had some weekly upside instead I have David Njoku so I felt like eh, I probably need to just clog up a bench spot with another tight end that I can play the matchups with which you know I hate doing with only five bench spots but I feel like I'm forced to do to at least roster two of them for a little while and figure out if one turns into a weekly you know fire them up starter so yeah. that's the position I found myself I agree. I think, you know, tight end is, is going to continue to be a frustrating uh, year or position this year. Um, the I, one guy I saw you picked up and dropped was, uh, was Jake Ferguson, which is a uh, <laughs> really interesting um, pick. You know, he's available in most leagues. I do think that Dallas offense and in particular Dak Prescott is committed to getting him, um, you know, some targets. Now, if those translate into touchdowns week in week out um, remains to be seen. But I, I do think that Dak loves to throw to his tight ends. Um, Jake Ferguson is available in most leagues. So if you're out there listening, take a, take a look. Yeah. My thought process on that, because I was really looking at Ferguson who I had rostered and most people can probably relate to this because this is what most waiver wires were as far as the tight end the last few weeks. But I had Ferguson, he had tons of red zone looks and targets um, you know, he dropped a touchdown. He he did catch one touchdown. The thing that I'm skeptical on Ferguson when this might change throughout the year is that they had the other tight ends sprinkled in there quite a bit as far as snap share. So as far as his just opportunities being out on the field when the Dallas offense is running was kind of limited compared to some of the guys like Sam Laporta, Zach Ertz, Hunter Henry. They just seem to be out there a little bit more. Um, but I could see Ferguson being one that I kick myself for dropping, um, you know, midway through the year because Dallas might just start feeding him like they did Dalton Schultz, you know, and not, yeah. not playing the other tight ends near as much. But it seems like right now, my guess is they're trying to rotate those tight ends a little bit more. And I just want somebody that's out on the field more. It might not matter if we look back and Ferguson's caught like eight or nine touchdowns on the year because that's really all you look for in a tight end these days. If if they're not Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, maybe TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, you're right about the the playing time and the ball distribution. The um, Cowboys drafted uh, in the second round Schoonmaker uh, out of Michigan, who's another tight end, um, and that that guy I think caught a touchdown pass last week. So, you know, if you're if you're looking at Ferguson to uh, to produce week in and week out, it might be a little bit of a gamble. Um, you know, he's really touchdown dependent. Um, he might have six or so catches in a game, but it might be 30 yards and no touchdowns. So, uh, yeah. buyer beware. That's a good point. Um, next game we had to cover was the Texans and the Jaguars, and we've, we've hit on this one quite a bit already. Jacksonville's eight-point favorites to 44-and-a-half over-under. And um, we have C.J. Stroud, who's been a pleasant surprise so far, you know, just a few games into his rookie campaign. And then uh, Trevor Lawrence, who I said is probably a boomer bust, potential flop this week. Um, running back-wise, we already hit on ETN, which is one of your pops. We expect him to do great. On the other side of the ball, Damian Pierce has struggled because – this Texans offensive line is a lot like the Giants, a lot like the 
New York Jets offensive lines to where man they cannot they cannot hold up for you know for any amount of time to allow a play to run through and a quarterback to hit a few reads and I think it's just going to spell trouble especially on the the Texans trying to run the ball he just Pierce is getting hit in the backfield and I'm not making excuses. I do own Pierce in at least one league, maybe two. I'm not making excuses for him, but man, the the offensive line has not been good. The other discouraging thing about Pierce, and I think we hit on this in a prior podcast, was just that they're sprinkling in a little more Devin Singletary and guys like that than you'd like. And in the preseason, it looked like he was just going to be out there all the time, even in passing downs, and that hasn't been the case through the first two weeks. Yep. I agree. Um, I, I do like ETN, as you alluded to, on the Jags offense here. Um, it's another one I'm, I may not be watching. Um, I think, you know, the Texans uh, and CJ Stroud, like you said, have been a pleasant surprise, but I've, I've got Jacksonville on this one. Um, so I think the spread is nine. You said it's a pretty, yep. I think, I think they cruise. Yeah, I agree. Everyone's starting Calvin Ridley, but man, with Zay Jones out, you know, it'll be all Kirk and Ridley, and Ridley might have a monster game against that leaky Houston secondary. And then on the other side, we already talked about Nico Collins as well as a pop. Tank Dell, he's a tiny little dude, um, but an exciting rookie, and he he had a a nice coming out party in week two. So curious to see how um, Nico and Tank Dell do trying to catch up points against the Jaguars. But then we also have the Colts versus the Ravens. And um, the Colts, I think they've already ruled Anthony Richardson out. So we have Gardner Minshew running the Colts offense. We still are dealing with the Jonathan Taylor back and forth. So Zach Moss is projected to get the bulk of those touches. And uh, Michael Pittman's kind of had a resurgence this this year. Um, what do you think as far as the, the Colts side of the ball or or maybe the Ravens? Yeah, uh, so I picked up Zach Moss, um, <clears throat> hoping to slot him in um, while David Montgomery is out. He did um, have a pretty good fantasy week last week. Um, I know the quarterback position um, is in flux in Indianapolis. Um, you know, even if even if uh, Richardson goes, um, you know, look for them to lean on the running game a little bit more. I think Zach Moss is going to have opportunities this week. Um, so, you know, you're, you're really thinking about him, especially if you're, if you had Nick Chubb go down or, or you have another injury, um, at the running back position, I think long-term, um, of course, Moss's upside just isn't there with Jonathan Taylor coming back, but you know, I, he might be a sneaky play this week. Yeah. We have a couple guys ruled out as well. Um, on the Baltimore side. I mean, Justice Hill's been ruled out. So Gus Edwards, if you're needy of a running back play, you can fire up the Gus bus. And Odell Beckham has been ruled out as well. So Zay Flowers, people are probably starting him anyways. He's already kind of taken off from that receiver room. Um, But, you know, if you're in a deep, deep league, maybe Rashad Bateman might be a flyer in this game with Odell out. I'm not, I'm not too high on it. And then, like we said, Mark Andrews, you got to start him um, every week. So, been a slow start but you got to start that guy um anything else you think of on the Colts Ravens you know I look look for Lamar had kind of a he had a rough week one um okay week two look for him to uh to bounce back have plenty of opportunities this week I don't regardless of who starts at quarterback for the Colts I don't expect that offense to be too strong um look for Lamar to get a ton of opportunities and and kind of rack up some yardage I like it. I like it. Um, then we have the Panthers versus Seahawks. Seattle's five-and-a-half-point favorites. Over-under is 42. Bryce Young has been ruled out for at least one week, maybe two. And so we have the Red Rocket, Andy Dalton, and um, leading the charge for the Carolina offense, which has been not very fantasy-friendly. And uh, we have Miles Sanders. He's been splitting some touches more than we want with Chuba Hubbard. And um, Thielen, Jonathan Mingo, DJ Chark, it's kind of a mess at receiver. So any, are you interested at all in any Carolina Panthers? I, so if I, if I own someone like a Miles Sanders or, you know, someone like that on the Carolina offense, I'm actually encouraged that Andy Dalton is starting this week. Um, I think, you know, certainly Bryce Young being a rookie, 
kind of places some limitations on him. I, you know, if I, if I own, if I'm starting Hubbard or, you know, Miles Sanders, anyone like that, I actually look for them to do better this week with Andy Dalton at quarterback than, than maybe Bryce Young would, would do. Yeah. That's a good point. That's, that's a smart point. Um, and then on the Seahawks side of the ball, we have Gino. He got it back going week two. And um, Ken Walker has had a stranglehold on that running back room. Zach Charbonnet, I mean, they they drafted him in the second round. And I think coming out of drafts, I had him on a couple teams on my bench just wondering, you know, how much play he would get. But he's only averaged about 25 26% of snaps. So I think they do plan to use um, Charbonnet, but – since they took him so high as a second round pick, but uh, it hasn't happened yet. So it might be later on in the year for now. Ken Walker is the man. Um, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, just keep on going. Lockett had a really nice week last week. Jackson Smith, um, you know, he's, he had the wrist injury, but he's really only been out there for 60% of routes. So he's been, you know, he was a trendy rookie pick and we know he has talent, but, it, he might not be able to carve out much, much targets with Lockett and Metcalf out there. Yep. And Gino is another guy I would lump in the David Carr category. I think, you know, solid starter uh, from a fantasy perspective. He was, man, he, last year, he ended up being like a top five quarterback. I want to say, um, yeah, I think, you know, he's available in a lot of leagues. Um, Gino is another guy. Um, that I wouldn't hesitate to plug in um, if you if you're having quarterback issues if you had a a rod or someone go down. Yep. So this next game is going to be a nail biter. Um, Chicago Bears versus the Kansas City Chiefs defending champ. <laughs> and uh, Chiefs are twelve and a half point favorites, forty eight point over under. Um, yeah, the Chiefs are going to be a fast paced offense. Chicago is going to be the exact opposite of a slow neutral pace offense. And uh, we have Justin Fields, who's struggling mightily, and we have the best quarterback in football on the other side. What do you What do you have on this game? Yeah, not much different than what you've got, man. I think um, people are starting to turn the page on Justin Fields. I know there's a lot of a lot of momentum and and build up to the season this year. I think you know it's been failures all the way around um, in fighting. I think I you know I caught last week that coaches or players may be sniping at each other in the media, which is, is not good. Um, things are, things are not well in that locker room. Um, expect the chiefs to, to beat the brakes off of them. Um, and I think, I think you're, you're either looking at turning the page on Justin Fields at the end of the season or the coaching staff, one or the two. Yeah. Do you start any bears players? I mean, DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, Khalil Herbert, anybody like that? If you have to, I might start Justin Fields if I'm hoping for like a couple garbage time touchdowns. I don't think that that is too crazy of a play. I think if you if Justin Fields is on your team, you probably spend some draft capital to get him. Um, I'm staying away from those running backs. I think the score is going to get out of control. I think that's going to really limit their opportunities there. Um, you know, on the flip side, you're always starting Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey. You know, the Chiefs are pretty good about distributing the ball um, to their other wide receivers with Kadarius Toney um, kind of not stepping up this year. I think that that provides an opportunity for the younger guys, specifically Rashi Rice. Um, you know, he he's a rookie, um, but, you know, the, the Chiefs, it wouldn't surprise me if they if they, you know, threw him the ball um, 10 times one week and he had two touchdowns. Um, I don't think that he can provide consistent consistency with you, but the, the ceiling might be really high. Yeah, that's a good point. I do expect DJ Moore to probably have some uh, some fantasy production just because he's going against Legereus Sneed and Josh Williams. And and I, I think they're going to be down quite a bit and for, you know, field to be forced to, uh, to chuck it downfield. And so we might see a couple of deep plays to DJ Moore and that Chicago backfield. I mean, people have been talking about it a lot. Um, Deontay Foreman, who was a healthy scratch last week. And so it's just Khalil Herbert and Roshan Johnson. Now um, Khalil Herbert actually was, a, you know, benefited from that a big bump from having Deontay Foreman out, but Roshan's kind of the trendy shiny piece that, that people are stashing and hoping that he can, uh, you know, get that backfield, to himself but we 
like you said, I mean, the Chicago is, it's so shaky. I don't know what a, a backfield of Chicago, even if you are the guy, what that even means. So I'm not, I'm not playing Roshan or Khalil anytime soon. I have, I have Khalil on one team and he's just going to ride the bench until I kind of see what happens And those chiefs receivers, man, I just can't trust them right now. So if you want to take a flyer on Tony or sky Moore or rice, like you said, but man, who knows, who knows who it's going to be. Patrick Mahomes will always get his, but those, those chiefs receivers are just maddening to try to figure out. Yep. Truly. And you know, the only, the only constant is really Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, who knows about their running backs, you know, like I, I can't, that's another backfield that is, that is absolutely done by committee. For sure. And we're, we're running a little short on time, but I know this next one, we hate to talk about the Cowboys, but now we got to talk about them. So they're playing the uh, Arizona Cardinals and um, this one should be, should be fun for Cowboys fans, but um, we're 11 and a half point favorites. You, you have any big takeaways or things you expect on this one? No, it's going to be a bloodbath. I like the boys by a million. Um, the you might not see it might offensively be a frustrating day if you have like CD Lamb. Um, I think Tony Pollard should be fine. I think you know this coaching staff will probably be a little bit more conservative um, and just kind of let that defense dominate. Um, probably don't want to show too much of the playbook. I don't expect them to try to score fifty points. So it might, you know, if you have a Cowboys receiver on your team, if you if you're thinking about starting Brandon Cooks or Michael Gallup, I would kind of shy away from that this week. Um, but Cowboys by a thousand. Yeah, and I, I would be hesitant to start James Conner and Marquise Brown against the Cowboys defense just yeah. because, you know, who who has done good against the Cowboys defense this year? Um, Garrett Wilson had that one slant that he took, you know, to the house, and that was it. So, or no, I'm sorry, that was against uh, another team. So, yeah, I mean, Cowboys defense, you don't really want to – you don't really want to start your guys against them until we, we see somebody actually be productive. So, I'd be a little hesitant there. And then uh, we have the Steelers versus the Raiders. And um, Raiders are two-and-a-half-point favorites, 43-point over-under. We got Kenny Pickett, who looked great in the preseason. And, man, um, it's a tale of, of two tales right now because the regular season Pickett has been pretty dismal. Um, Deontay Johnson's out, and Pickens had a, uh, a really nice game. He got all the attention, big target share. And uh, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren is kind of a song and dance back and forth between those two as of now. I want to get your thoughts on that in a minute. And then Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers are the easy starts on the Raiders side of the ball. But uh, what do you think as far as like the the running backs for the Steelers? Uh, gross. Um, so I have Najee um, in our league. Um, not that I was crazy about him, um, but I did think and continue to think that he will get every opportunity um but you just have to have Kenny Pickett play better um I think better play by the quarterback will will unlock these receivers um and backs but right now things aren't well on the offensive side of the ball in Pittsburgh I think they were chanting fire Matt Canada last week during Monday night football um so you know, I, th- I think that they are likely to do so. I think it's easier to give up on your, your coordinator at this point than you are uh, to give up on Kenny Pickett. Um, so expect maybe some changes uh, in the coming weeks there. Um, but, man, uh, what what a gross, gross offensive uh, situation you've got in Pittsburgh right now. Um, I do like Jacoby Myers um, for, for the Raiders. Um, I know he probably uh, is coming back um off concussion protocol this week um but i i do like his upside there yeah i do too i think he'll be a, a pretty nice target hog and then Najee's been a punching bag for a lot of people you know that are just frustrated with the running back position but man there's really maybe seven or eight running backs that people don't have legit concerns about you know we can poke holes at all of them um and so Najee, like you said he needs a Pittsburgh offense to just get going and get down there and get some goal line opportunities. That's kind of where he would shine right now. So um, Warren has looked pretty explosive in between the twenties and with dump off screens and passes and things like that. But man, Najee needs to get down there at the goal line and, 
and like you said, and you're completely right, the the Steelers and Tomlin, they, they want to give Najee every chance. So the offense just got to get it going. Um, I think Pickens will have probably a nice – few game run before Deontay gets back so he's probably a good a good starter and then our last game Los Angeles Rams versus Cincinnati Bengals so uh what do they play in the Super Bowl a couple years ago wasn't it the Rams Bengals I think yeah Yeah. I think that was when Joey B yeah lost to the to Stafford and the Rams and so yeah a little bit of a different story yeah little different story now. Rams have lost a lot of pieces. Everyone expected them to uh, suck, and they've been really, really good. Everyone expected the Bengals to uh, dominate, and they've been really, really bad. So the Bengals are still two-and-a-half-point favorites here, 44-point over-under, and Stafford looks rejuvenated. Joe Burrow has a sore calf, and it's been a huge deal. Um, Like me and you both drafted Jamar Chase. I drafted him in multiple leagues. You drafted him in the big league, and – it's been very frustrating for Jamar Chase owners. And um, I'm going to just kind of hit on the Rams side, and I'll let you dive into the Cincinnati side. But we have Kyron Williams, who's been a waiver wire darling so far. And we had this last-minute Cam Akers scratch where I think I don't know what happened, and maybe maybe info will, will start coming out. But it seemed like Sunday morning there was some sort of blow-up deal, and they said, okay, you're just – you're not going. You're not playing – healthy scratch Kyron Williams let's put him in here and he got a massive seven or 95 percent of snaps week two and um, really not good efficiency but major usage so um, I expect him to be very startable moving forward I do expect some of the other guys um, to start sprinkling in a little bit even though Cam Akers is gone we have Ronnie Rivers and some other Zach Evans and some backs that I think will sprinkle in just because Kyron is five foot nine and just a little bit of a smaller guy. He's not going to, the Rams know he's not going to hold up to that workload. So he's a great pickup. Um, I think he'll be worth a lot, but I don't expect it to be like week two over and over and over is all I'm saying there. And then we have Puka Nakua, Tutu Atwell that have been um, really, really fantasy friendly. And I just recently found out, I've been excited to tell you this too, Preston, that Puka Nakua has been going to the Stafford Cup breakfasts. So he's Uh, been having breakfast with Stafford and Cup is what we found out. Had I known this before fantasy drafts, I would have drafted him in every league. But they just released a story that he kind of just barged his way in on these breakfasts with Cup and Stafford, trying to learn the ins and outs, the little nuances of how to get open, what Stafford's looking for. And so, of course, he's leading the league in target share. And, um, you know, you know all about the breakfast with Stafford and Cup. I mean, you rode Cup that year to a fantasy championship. So, yeah, so I thought that was kind of a cool tidbit. Um, What do you think as far as the Cincinnati side of the ball? Well, I think here's another team with a with an extremely bad offensive line. Um, you know, not not that much different than the Jets, really. Um, so, you know, it all starts up front. I think the it's been a frustrating year. Um, if you if you have Joe Burrow or Jamar Chase, certainly, I think you know Joe. You can lump Joe Mixon in there too. Um, the Bengals' offensive line is so bad. They cut their uh, right tackle, Lyle Collins. Um, I think he was while he was even on the pup list. Um, you know, it's just an absolute turnstile here. Um, so until they are getting, they can get that righted. Um, I'm down on everyone on on Cincinnati's offense. Um, you know, still look. You know, if you do have Jamar Chase, you have to start him. Um, you've got no choice. Um, but I might be looking elsewhere if I if I've got Joe Burrow on my team, I might be going for a Derek Carr this week. I had those I had Puka Nakua, Calvin Ridley, Jamar Chase, and Nico Collins, and I thought for a wild second about setting Jamar Chase, but I know I can't do that. He's just um he could pop off at any second. So I'm definitely riding with Chase and, and hoping for a bounce back. So T. Higgins got his last week. I'm hoping Jamar Chase gets his this week. Yep, we'll know Monday night. So um, if you've if you've got Joe Burrow on your team, you might have to make some decisions uh, ahead of the uh, the Sunday slate. Um, if you're looking to plug and play someone, I don't think it's confirmed or denied yet that he will miss the game on Monday. Yep, that's true. We will be watching for sure. 
So everyone that's listened, we wish you guys the best in your fantasy matchups. We'll probably release this this pod Sunday morning. We're recording it Saturday. So we might have a few things that change on these matchups as we get more intel and news from around the league. But Preston, I appreciate it, man. Do you have anything else before we sign off? No, that's it. Thanks for having me. For sure, man. I enjoyed it. And uh, again, good luck to everyone. All right. Good luck.